Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the annual plan and also to download a training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance fines, and more. I had a question come in from someone that handles vendor setup and was frustrated that vendors kept sending old versions of the IRS Form W-9 instead of the most recent version. Well, I've been there and I know most of you listening have been there too. So if you want to hear my response, that includes a surefire way to get the vendors to complete an updated version. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 184, How to Handle Vendors That Will Only Submit Past Versions of the IRS Form W-9. I had a question come in to my email and it resonated so much with me because I remember uh, the uh, pushback that we used to get um, myself and my uh, uh, vendor team members when we uh, required the most recent version of the IRS uh, uh, form W-9, or I'll just call it the W-9. And the problem was, is that, you know, vendors don't understand why we required the most recent version. Internal employees definitely did not understand uh, why we required the most recent version. And the scenario usually went like this. Uh, The internal employee at the time, they were collecting it on behalf of the vendor, uh, but they would submit all of the required documents, including the IRS W-9 or the W-9, and they would submit to us because they didn't know, uh, the internal employee didn't know that it was a past version, Um, but they would submit that to us. And then we would send it back and say that we needed the most recent version. And uh, we would get so much pushback, not necessarily from the vendor, but Uh, we would get more pushback actually from the internal uh, team members because they didn't understand why we required that. Uh, For the most part, the attitude was, well, you know, we've done the hard work to source the vendor, to uh, maybe even negotiate a contract with the vendor in some cases, uh, especially if you're dealing with purchasing or sourcing. And now getting the vendor set up should be very easy. And so here, here are the documents. We got you your W-9 that you wanted. What's wrong now? Well, Yeah, we used to get a lot of pushback. And so I got this question in and it just really resonated uh, 
resonated with me. So let me go ahead. I'll read the question and then go through my response. All right. So the question is, I saw this info below on your website when searching whether or not it's okay to use an outdated W9 template. I realized that the most up-to-date template is dated October 2018, but we have vendors contracts who send us their info on an old template even after we have provided the current form. Can you specify what the grace period, and that's in quotes, what the grace period is for using older versions of the W-9? And beyond that point, if individuals are still using or submitting the old template, is there any penalty for that? My response may be a little frustrating in the beginning, but give it time. I do come up with uh, some ways to handle. So Uh, First of all, for payments that are reported on the 1099 NEC and the 1099 MISC, which is the types of payments that we mostly get in AP, um, the IRS only requires that payers, meaning you, your company, um, collect the taxpayer identification number or 10 prior to the first payment. It's even acceptable to the IRS to collect that 10 uh, via phone, um, at which point you can then perform uh, the IRS 10 match, right? Because you want to protect your company from potential fines for filing legal name and tax ID or 10 mismatches for uh, reportable vendors. So that makes the most recent version of the IRS W-9 not a requirement from the IRS, again, for the types of payments that are typically made by uh, AP that would be reportable on a 1099 NEC or a 1099 um, MISC. So that really means that you are not even required to collect the IRS uh, W-9 or the, the W-9 form. But my point here is, is that the vendor team is not only trying to satisfy the requirements of the IRS, the vendor team is also trying to ensure that the vendor that they are about to set up is real and that the information received on that IRS uh, form W-9 or W-9 is up to date. Your company can and should require more than what the IRS requires. And I don't think that it is appropriate for the vendor or internal team members to uh, push back and uh, force the uh, vendor team to comply with only what the IRS requires. How many times have we heard from uh, internal team members uh, that push back that, oh, well, this is a corporation. It's not a reportable vendor. You don't need a W-9. Or we're not going to pay this vendor over $600 this year. They always seem to know that threshold, even though there are a couple of payment types that um, are below that threshold. But we get that pushback that we don't need to collect a W-9 because they are not going to be over that threshold. Um, So I've been there. I get that. Here are my recommendations. So the first one, and I have four. The first one is to always require a W-9 
retain it, and then require it to be signed. Um, Why? Because certain payments reported on other versions of the 1099 do require certification or signature. And that needs to be on the most recent version or the most updated version of the W-9. Also, it deters potential cyber criminals by adding a roadblock to be set up in your accounting system or ERP. And to answer the pushback for it's a corporation, you don't need a W-9, some corporations can be reportable for certain types of of payments. And for the ones, the pushback for the, uh, we're not going to pay the vendor over $600, uh, payments to vendors can exceed your payment expectations, um, which will mean that they may go over the reportable threshold for that tax year. So you don't really know what you're going to pay, end up paying that vendor over the tax year at the time of vendor setup. So you do need to collect one. So that was the first one. Always require a W-9, retain it and require it to be signed. The next one is now that you've got, you know, you need to collect a W-9, I recommend that you always require the most recent version of the W-9. This ensures that you will always have the most up-to-date information. Uh, If that W-9 is a payment type or reported on a 1099 uh, uh, version that requires a signature, you need to make sure that the uh, language, the certifications that they're signing off on are up to date, and that is only on the most recent version of the W-9. Plus, the biggest thing that I see is that an outdated W-9 may contain outdated information, right? The address, legal name, tax ID. And you know, like I know, that sometimes you get that W-9 that's been sitting in a folder or sitting on their C drive because they got it four years ago and they've just been giving it out ever since. There's really no trigger for that point of contact at the vendors who is probably not the person that knows the tax structure or knows when something has changed. They just know that they have a W-9 to give out, right? And so there is no trigger for them to go back and say, hey, give me an updated W-9. They're just trying to check the box. And you want to make sure that if there are any uh, changes to that information, that it comes, uh, that it is submitted when you're originally setting that vendor up. And so requiring that point of contact at the vendor to go back to whoever, whoever in their tax team or legal team can give uh, an updated W-9 means that they are going to populate that updated W-9 with the most updated information. And again, you do need the uh, most recent version of the W-9 where the W-9 is required to be signed by the IRS. And so just like it's easier to have one rule to require a W-9 across all of your um, vendor base, it's easier to have that Uh, one rule to require the most recent version of the W-9 across your entire vendor base. All right. Now the next one, the third one is to add language to your vendor policy 
or to your vendor section uh, in your accounts payable policy to require the W-9 and require the most recent version of the W-9 and then have leadership sign off on it. And what this does is it provides support to you and to your vendor team members when, you know, you get that call from that internal uh, team member that is, and I've had this happen in the past, screaming at you because you're requiring the most updated version. Let them know that it is in the policy and that it has been signed off by leadership. Because let's face it, they're never going to understand why we're doing it. They're just trying to check the box and get the vendor set up and go on about, um, you know, collecting or, or having those services done or receiving those products. And so your support, your team member support is that policy that is signed off um, by leadership. And that is your company policy that keeps your company compliant um, with the IRS and protects your company from fraud. Number four, this is the last one. And this is the one that I believe should solve this problem for good. And that is consider using a substitute W-9. Substitute W-9s are allowed by the IRS. And I consider it a combination of a vendor setup form and the IRS W-9. Now, I do have um, the requirements. The the IRS does have um, specific requirements for using a substitute or creating a substitute W-9. And so I have a blog called One Reason to Switch to a Substitute Form W-9, and I kind of go over those requirements. So I will leave a link to that in the show notes. So if you currently have a vendor setup form, combine it with the IRS W-9 to a substitute W-9. If you don't currently have a vendor setup form, consider creating that substitute W-9 and include additional information than what is contained on the W-9, like a remit address that you typically wouldn't get until the invoice comes in. What about additional contact information for that all important confirmation phone call when you need to verify uh, bank detail change requests? Uh, what about diversity, uh, diversity information? I know a lot of your companies out there have these renewed uh, diversity initiatives and you can ask the vendor to identify what diversity classifications uh, they fall under and whether they've been certified. I recently had a podcast on that. I think it's episode 181 where I talk about diversity uh, again, because I know a lot of uh, companies have that renewed focus on their diversity initiatives. So take that opportunity to add additional information. And if you're already uh, using a vendor setup form and you go to the uh, through the process to combine it with the IRS W-9 to com- uh, create that substitute W-9 form, really look at the information that you, re- uh, that you are requesting and update it if necessary, if you want to collect additional um, information, take that opportunity to update it. 
Now, what I really like about the Substitute W9s is that it looks like a vendor setup form to your vendors. And vendors will more than likely complete that vendor setup form. You will not get as much pushback for having or requiring the vendor to uh, complete that substitute W-9 as you will get from vendors when you require an updated version of the IRS form W-9. So send them that what they consider the vendor setup form. It's really the substitute W-9, which includes all the revisions and the updates from the most recent version of the IRS W-9. And so you have solved that problem. And again, I will link to a blog that has more information on that substitute form W-9. And if you don't want to start from scratch to create a substitute uh, W-9, I do have a template that is included in my three-step vendor set uh, setup and maintenance toolkit. Uh, it also includes a substitute W8 as well, along with uh, uh, template desktop procedures, um, my e-guide, some vendor communication templates. So uh, I will put a link to that in the show notes. So make sure you check that out if you are interested. So those were the four recommendations in my response. And really the bottom line is that there is no way of guaranteeing at vendor setup what types of payments and amounts will eventually be made to the vendor in that tax year. So collecting the most recent version and requiring signature covers your company from potential fines and penalties from the IRS and also provides due diligence support in case of an audit. Again, you also need to make sure you retain that W-9 that you collected. It's also a good idea to take screenshots when you do the IRS 10 match and save that as well so that you can prove that at the time you set the vendor up, um, the 10 match was successful. All right. Now, all that being said, I have been there and I am sure that you have to where there are some vendors that will not comply. So here's my recommendation for how to handle uh, if a vendor submits a prior version of the W-9 and refuses to submit the most updated version. So one, and there is four, but one is perform the IRS 10 match using the legal name and tax ID on the W-9 version that they submitted. Now, if you want four options for doing the IRS 10 match, I still come across teams that are not doing it. So if you want four options for doing uh, the IRS 10 match, check out episode uh, 176. But anyway, you do the IRS 10 match and if it's successful, Go to step two, which is where you do all of the other validations that are required for your setup. And this should include the OFAC watch list and other watch lists that are required for your company or your industry. Now, if those validations are successful, go ahead and set up the vendor, but inactivate them after the payment for their services or product. If you're, uh, accounting system or ERP has a way uh, to uh, uh, designate them as a one-time vendor and maybe automatically inactivate them after payment, even better. So that's step three. 
Step four is if your company does business with them in the future, require the most recent version of the W-9, making it easier for them to just comply and be done with it. So what that does is it covers you for when, um, and we've all had this happen for when the services and our products have already been used or received. So it covers you for that. Now, If this is not possible because the vendor is a strategic vendor, um, maybe there is a purchasing buyer involved or someone from sourcing involved, then I would say work with the purchasing buyer or that person in uh, sourcing uh, to use their influence to request the most updated W-9 version. And I will say, if they are a strategic vendor, then they really have an incentive to comply with your requirements. And if not, certainly your sourcing team or your purchasing team has an incentive to support you based on the vendor policy or your accounts payable policy that includes your requirement for vendor setup signed by leadership. All right. So that was actually a long answer in an email, but I really hope that it and this podcast episode provides some value. Um, I did provide some more resources and I will include those uh, in the show notes. It's the vendor validation reference list with resource links, uh, the vendor process team training pass. And then I also have a training on IRS W-9 examples by tax classification, um, what to look for when accepting your vendor's W-9. All right. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 184th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.